Good afternoon, everyone. How are you guys doing? What's going on? Welcome to episode 14 of Merchants of Novigrad, a bi-weekly podcast where we discuss everything went. Today with me are my two trusty co-hosts, Tia Beastie, who apparently has power. And for the first time since his knee surgery, Lionheart, my good man, is back with us. And as you guys can see, we have a very special guest, somebody who we've been trying to get on the show for the past seven months. The man, the myth, the legend, the game director for Gwent, the one and only Jason Slama. How are you doing, guys? Great. Can't complain. So oh, it's going great. I'm like, I, when I'm not falling asleep from a hard day work being done. <laughs> a few words to our um, viewers. Guys, if you have any questions, you can ask them in chat. Uh, Lionheart will keep an eye out on the more interesting ones and maybe we'll uh, ask them. Uh, Jason uh, during the show uh, also if you want to follow us uh, off stream you can do it on Twitter at Noviga Podcast and if YouTube is the platform where you would rather watch it uh, you can just uh, type exclamation mark podcast and all the links are gonna be in the chat but yeah guys Jason how is life how is isolation there's no, there's no such thing when you have two children uh, they, <laughs> they, they attack me during meetings uh, and, and, and steal cables and, and destroy equipment. But uh, it, it's going pretty good, actually. Uh, I mean, obviously, there's a loss of efficiency from lack of communication, but we're still moving forward, and uh, I'm still looking forward to everything that's coming out soon. But you have to look on the more positive side. At least you have some time to spend with, with your family. Right? Yes. <laughs> or is it is it not something you were looking forward to? Like, oh, no, it's, it's definitely nice. Like in the afternoons, I'll finish a bit early, go for a walk in the woods where there's less people, and then work again in the evening. That's, that that is quite nice. Actually. Sounds pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah. If there is somebody who's not caring about isolation at all, that's Lionheart. Because Lionheart, how much time has he spent at home already? <laughs> I am seven weeks into a potentially six-month isolation. I, I'm recovering from knee surgery that went, well, very wrong <laughs> while while I was on the dare. Yeah, I, I woke up during the operation. It went that wrong. So that was fun. Would not recommend uh, to anybody watching to endure that fun. Um, so, yeah, I've been stuck here a while. I am well ahead of the curve with self-isolation. Uh, books are my saviour. That and, uh, obviously, all of you wonderful people most of the time. <laughs> uh, speaking of books, I know that we ask it every single podcast. Thea, how is your book coming along? Oh gosh. Actually, I am not helping out at my mother's place of work. Uh, she's a doctor because of the COVID-19 virus going around. So everyone's in quarantine. And I get surprisingly a lot of time to work on the book behind the desk. And it's going great. I, I really think it will hit the shelves by the end of this year. End of this year. Okay, so that sounds very promising. Yes, uh, can't wait. Hope. Yeah, me neither. Uh, speaking of promising things, uh, community-organized events are getting better and better. Have you watched the non-quite masters? I know that Tia watched it because she participated in it. Uh, Jason, mm -hmm. how about you? Did you watch it? I spend my weekends uh, and evenings with my family, so no, that didn't get a chance. It's okay. Uh, it went really well. Who was the winner of Eisenbach? Can you recall? Actually, I can't. It was, uh, um, it was it was somebody who's not well known, I think. Yeah, Nick R won the tournament. I did really well. Thank you, Lionheart. You are welcome. Thank you. Yeah, One it was a star organized event. It was a cool initiative. I enjoyed it a lot. So I played against um, 
uh, Red Rain and Adzikov. It was great fun. I'm, I'm glad we could keep the tournament vibes going, even though it was cancelled because of the COVID-19 virus. Or postponed. Yeah. I think I got caught in work saying cancelled several times. We went, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> right. In my mind, it's postponed. When you say cancelled, it's yeah. yeah, it's still happening. Don't probably worry. Probably the right way to go about it. Everything is postponed. It's not yeah. cancelled. It's still happening, just not when we initially thought it would be. Yeah, you have to be careful how you choose your words. Oh yeah, Very... especially if you are the game director. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Even when you take uh, pauses in sentences, they are going to be uh, represented and misrepresented. I'm sure. Mm -hmm. um, Definitely. I'm not sure if Chad is asking about that, but uh, there's a couple of things we need to explain, guys. Uh, first of all, if you think uh, I sound a little bit off, that's because my headphones just broke down right before the podcast, so I have like a cheap replacement. And if you think, what's going on with the quality? Why is Lionheart not handsome anymore? Discord is malfunctioning. It has been malfunctioning for weeks now. So uh, occasionally uh, our guests are going to look like they are straight from the 1990s. We're going retro, guys. It's okay. Yeah, Don't going, worry. Absolutely. But to not dwell on this uh, too much, let's talk about the main topic of this podcast, which is obviously Gwent. And uh, before we start talking about the present and the future of Gwent, uh, possible changes, possible leaks, um, there is something I would like to ask a couple of questions about, and that's early Gwent. That's the, the olden days. Um, and I think that Lionheart shares my sentiment. Definitely. Um, I mean, Gwent's about to release on Android, Jason, and... It's yeah, no, it's one week away, and I can tell you from personal experience, I am loving the beta. It is so much fun to play in, and it's far more intuitive on a phone than I ever expected it to be. If that makes sense, um, Gwent comes like so far. Uh, did you ever see Gwent getting here when you were working on the Witcher Three mini game? Did you foresee this happening? I, I, I want to say yes. Like a part of me knew when I played the prototype on paper before even starting implementing the Witcher 3 version that it, it, it did have potential to be really fun in a multiplayer environment. Did I think it would go on this long and go this far and evolve this much? Not a chance. I mean, we've, we've gone such a long way in the last few years. It's, it's been an adventure. <laughs> that, that's fair to say. I mean, the game is it's so yeah. different, literally day and night uh, from the original version. Uh, I, I played original um, original Gwent in The Witcher Three while I was playing through, and it's 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 mind blowing how different it is. Um, but I mean, what was your reaction? People, I mean, The Witcher Three is a legendary game, one of the best games of the decade. But people sort of refer to it as The Witcher Three is a card game with RPG elements. I mean, how do you guys feel when you hear things like that? I, I felt personally super humbled and excited and happy uh, because it was something that I thought actually happened in Witcher 3. There was a real chance it wasn't going to be there at all. And I actually just committed to working crazy hours for two or three weeks to get it in there. Saying I could do this really? crazy thing and, and, and got it in. So to see that it got so much traction for, for the sacrifice of time and effort that I put in, it was, it's a pretty special feeling, actually. It's hard to describe until you experienced it. Wow, that's, yeah. It's a well-deserved feeling, I can tell you that. <laughs> and um, Jason, with the Witcher 3 minigame and various iterations of beta, and even the official release, they all have their strengths and weaknesses. But did you ever envision Gwen could go through so many drastically different versions? I, I, I would have a feeling that 
like most developments of anything, when you're working on it, you're confident that it's the right thing. Mm, definitely. Uh, when you're in that day and you're working on it, you're not doing it because this is what you do now and you'll do something different later. So, I mean, if, if you go and time travel in the past and say, would we change this much? I would have never guessed it back then. I, I mean, I knew, I think we knew early on that we had to adapt some things for multiplayer. Yeah. It wouldn't yeah. just work in the box exactly like it did in Witcher 3. I think that was a given. But to, to take the steps so drastically that we did over the years is unimaginable. Yeah, that's that's great in my opinion. I think the change is for the better, and you really have a good product right now, and it shows. Um, and looking back, has it become easier to implement far-reaching changes? Uh, we're talking about adding a new faction or other game-changing abilities. It's never easy. <laughs> <laughs> it's easy. It, 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 I mean, all change will affect some people positively, might bring in new people, but there's... Change is hard. Like even internally, when we want to change some of the ways we work to be more optimized, even that gets resistant because people get comfortable with what they have, and they don't necessarily like change. I mean, some people are more open to it, but if you do enough changes, you're going to start alienating a lot of people, and there's not much you can do about that. And that kind of like comes to the point of where I think some people wanted us to maybe talk about this a bit today, and that's the potential meteorite powder changes. Uh, if, if you guys don't mind, we can just talk about that for a few minutes. So the way that meteorite powder works right now is sort of, to me, a middle ground between two ideologies. And in reality, we should probably push into one to the other. Uh, the first one is everyone should fairly reasonably able to get full premium collections in their lifetime. Yes. Yeah? Either through buying or through money, we want everyone to see premiums. They're super accessible. They're easy, easier to get. Uh, either through you know premium kegs or purchases or reward points. Uh, the problem with that is you lose sort of like the eliteness of having premium cards. So those who actually care and want to spend money and and, and significant effort uh, will be devalued in a way. And I think that was the spirit of the message we put in the patch notes that I think was lost. And I and I really regret that I didn't check what was written because. Without context, the way that was written was just god awful. <laughs> god awful PR. So the second story, I went, I went to to, to and said, "Did you read this?" No. <laughs> just, I'm like, you let this in? I, I bet that was a fun <laughs> conversation. <laughs> this is this is just okay. Anyway, moving on, if I can. The <laughs> other option, and you'll see a lot of games do this, is is to make these kind of premium cards super hard to get. Either both either financially or grinding, then they become sort of like a really rare exclusive. Now the problem is we've sort of been somewhere in the middle. It's not that easy to get full premium collection, either yeah. through or through money. But it's not that hard that it's super also elitist, right? There's a lot of players right now that will have a significant amount of premiums. I mean, a lot, more than two people. Yeah, and I don't mean tens of thousands. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, no matter which direction we go in, there's a chance that will quite upset a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and and I think that's an ideology I, I'm personally struggling with deciding. I more lean towards the camp of it should be within your grasp to have all the premium collections. I, I want to see premium cards when I play against people and myself because the game looks cooler, in my opinion, with it. Yeah, so it does. 
one of the ideas that I that, that, that I that I'm considering doing, and I'd be curious as a whole what the community thinks is first of all to simplify the way the the cards would work. So instead of doing by rarity, say bronzes are this value, golds are that value in powder. So let's mm. say 100 and 200. And that way you can either craft two copies of a bronze, which is a complete bronze package, or or, or one gold. Uh, but again, that would devalue the powder, right? Uh, yes. Well, actually, no, it would upvalue the powder. So everyone who has like a thousand now can craft all of a sudden they can craft more. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and then obviously, I, I, I'd also want to maybe change the prices so that they're a bit more impulse buy. So I can like, I'm gonna spend a little bit of money to get the card I want. Uh, that was the kind of leaning into. There's there's quite a few people. Uh, so that's, I don't want to use angel devil because nothing's ever so gray and white. But one side is whispering that, the other side is whispering, make legendaries really expensive in powder, you know, create bigger ladders so that the legendaries feel extra special. Uh, yeah. One thing for sure is uh, I think the what we did with the reward points, and I failed to really give it a lot of thought before uh, when someone else made that decision, uh, we, we brought it down too much, like 10... 10 uh, one ten powder for one reward point that we're right now is just feels bad. I think I, I, I yeah. doubt anyone would argue as opposed to that. So I think regardless of what we do, we'll probably up the powder on the nodes uh, as soon as we've decided which model we want to go to. So uh, we'll be checking uh, socials and, and Reddit to see how this revelation or this idea comes out. To see what you as a community. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, there's a request for us to be more transparent and communicative and having a discussion when having these kinds of topics. So I thought today would be a great opportunity to sort of share you guys a bit, you know, the mentality that's going in right now, gather your feedback. Uh, and, and you might think like the cheaper, easier to access powder is the obvious choice, but I can tell you for sure that I know some people who are not happy, who, who are straight up telling me, I will be really pissed if you do this change. Yeah. I mean, it sincerely. Yeah, I can see both sides of why you do either way, to be fair. I like the idea of something feeling special. I like some form of tertiary progression in Gwent that isn't just the ladder. So gaining and accessing things that other people may not have access to feels like something I would personally grind for. But at the same time, having zero accessibility to have a decent set of premium bronze cards. So I, I can see both angles. Rebalancing how, you, how much that things cost and tiering that so that it feels like... There's a level of accessibility, but there's some things that are still really special. Um, yeah. I, I can see the logic there. Like Priscilla's uh, premium with the, the rainbow animation as it comes in. I, I, I lose so many games just because I sit and watch it and start fanboying over how cool it looks. Which it's, And that's the excuse true. I'm using. We're exaggerating. No way. No, that's I, why I, he loses the games, right? Yeah, that, that's the reason. It's <laughs> definitely why I'm losing the game. <laughs> But I, I totally agree. And uh, Jason, I think it's a catch-22. You can't please everyone. And at least people can see you're not making these decisions on a whim. You're actually thinking long and hard about it. And uh, yeah, we need we need things to be not as accessible always. Otherwise, everyone has it and it loses its value. I, I totally agree with that. Yeah, it's good to hear you guys are taking sort of the feedback, or will do now that this has been revealed. Um, mm. And I guess we will see what the consensus is in the next in the coming weeks, months if one exists. Though there is one thing that I need to ask as a follow-up to um, the discussion about premium cards. Um, I'm not sure if you were actually able to answer that question, but I noticed that some premiums have been changed. Like the animation doesn't play fully compared to the previous version of, uh, version of the game. I'm looking at cards like um, Asiri for Anahit. Uh, she used to be different when it comes to her premium version. 
is her are those I, versions coming back or is it like a permanent change or that, that's a really interesting question so premium cards take a lot of time to make and we actually don't have normally the internal resources at least in the past we're trying to change that a bit to do them all ourselves and what ends up happening is a lot of people even outsource work on them and create them and when you're trying to optimize a game for many platforms it, it was actually a huge problem for consoles as well uh, but especially for mobile yeah. they just didn't like there were there are things that we were doing in shaders that you just can't get away with at all and now it's easy to say like uh, just keep that one card on the platforms that it works the way it is. And, and that's definitely something that we could do, but it's a huge investment in time. First of all, we have to make a system that allows different versions of the platform. Yeah. And second of all, we'd be setting different standards. So like what we've been doing a lot last year, and the tech artists and the programmers, uh, is they've been creating very standard rules that didn't exist before. It was the Wild West. Premium card creation in the past was the Wild West. Just did shit, and if it looked good, it went in the game. But in reality, they caused severe performance problems. Uh, and and considering everything that we have to do, it just hasn't been a priority to bring them back to the same level, or even to fix them. Like we're like we're we're at an impasse where we either move forward and do new things, or we sit back and fix and redo and, and bring back old stuff for a significant amount of time. It sounds like it's small and fast. But all the things that people would love for us to do like that actually would cripple us for months. Yeah. It, yeah, it that's doesn't... Cool. Oh. I think we lost somebody. I uh, don't know. No, we're Sorry, all back. Oh. All right. Um, yeah. <laughs> She's back. I, I, yeah, one of the things I love about uh, playing on Android and also on iOS when I played on iOS, it feels like I'm having the same experience, if that makes sense. It feels smooth. I don't feel like I'm playing like Gwent Lite or like a discount version which really surprised me. I, I expected to feel different and it really doesn't. I quite like that. I can see why it would take a lot more work to create a, a different version of Gwent effectively to run on different things. And the premiums do still look fantastic. Are they, are they I mean, there have been some sacrifices, but generally it's been to the minimum. Yeah. yeah. I think there was like a, a reflection shader, for example, that was in a few cards. It was like literally causing reflections in the water. And that was like, are you crazy? Yeah, you uh, how much that's going to take processing wise? Yeah, it's pretty good without it. So we had to go. There's actually like a task force of three, four people of different disciplines going around standardizing every card because it's, it's like 800 cards. So when when you, when you decide all cards must follow this rule, you have to go through 800 cards and fix the ones that are there. It, it has been a monumentous amount of work for the team, and while. It can be disappointing to lose some effects on some cards. The fact that they've managed to standardize us so that we can move forward efficiently and run on all platforms and keep releasing all platforms without being crippled is a monumental achievement, and they should be commended for that. Um, when you're talking about implementing features for 800, 800 cards, I think it's a good moment to actually move forward to our next topic, which is beta Gwent, because uh, well, I hope that your um, your uh, uh, answer about the meteor powder is gonna uh, be uh, satisfactory for everyone in chat because people were people kept asking us like, how about powder, how about powder, how about powder. So I think that this should answer uh, all their questions. But um, talking about beta changes were always massive. Like they they completely reshaped the game like, from patch to patch. Um, and one thing that I wanted to ask is. Um, Every now and then, um, we would see like, beta interactions 
being uh, re-implemented. So there's something we saw in beta and we liked in beta and then, for example, it was taken out of the game for some reason and then put back into the game in the current version. And I always get this idea, it's 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 like it's been a plan all along. It's like you planned it to, 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 plan to remove it from the game and then put it back. And uh, my question would be, how far in advance do you actually plan new interactions and how often do you turn to beta for possible uh, inspiration? Um, that's a long question, I know. That's a loaded question. There's actually a few questions in there. Um, I didn't actually participate in the decisions of what made it into the launch of Gwent and not in terms of design, but I, the, for a fact I know that armor for better or worse, was taken out so that it could be in an expansion. Uh, and then it wasn't even actually scheduled for a specific expansion. I remember last year I was like, we've got to bring armor back put it in an expansion. And we did it with Iron Judgment. And I think you'll see us retroactively adding armor to other cards where it makes sense. I think you saw us do it recently with the uh, one of the Skellige boats. Um, mm. was the Drakkar or the... The Malay boat. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, that one goes off every time someone plays something. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, the long ship, uh, yeah. the light long, the long ship. ship. Exactly. Sorry, it's not the true card. I thought it was wrong as well when I was saying it. Um, but generally, uh, we try to plan theme and and what we want to do with an expansion as we go. So I I, I could I have a presentation somewhere. I'm not going to share it today, mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately. Uh, exactly what we expect in the next expansion. And usually, we try to have like one big pillar. That's like a, a, a massive centerpiece, at least in terms of design for the expansions. For example, Merchants of Ophir was the stratagem, right? Yeah. Uh, and so, and, and so that's how we go a bit forward. And when it comes to like searching for inspiration, uh, we're often reading what you guys are saying, even if it might not seem like it. We don't necessarily comment or get involved in community discussions just because of how polarizing these discussions can get and how frustrating that can be really easily. But we, we do we do listen. I think I, I believe it was Malijan, and, and and I might be wrong here. I hope I'm not. Suggested that we add a keyword that only lets a card have its effect if it's used before anything else. As like the first move. I remember saying that on Twitter. In the next update, we're actually adding a keyword called initiative, and we're going to do something that will probably either really please people or make them go. It's finally happened. We're changing scorch. Scorch oh, will help. Oh, oh, oh whoa, the whoa, 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 whoa. As it turns out, leaks up. up Initiative destroy the highest units. So Scorch will only destroy one card if you go around pigging first. If you play it as your first move in a turn, it'll work just like it does. Work. Okay. That is oh, extensive. Yeah, yeah. And so we, that was a very interesting <laughs> suggestion. We thought it put Scorch more in line with what we were doing before. It allows us to lower the provision cost of Scorch. For now, we're only lowering it by one to be safe. Mm. Uh, also applying the same logic as a test to Geralt Igni. Geralt oh. Igni will be less powerful if he's not the first first thing you do in a turn. Nice. Okay. okay. So somehow that has the same effect as having an open deck list in a tournament so people know you're going to play it and can play around it in a way. You can play okay. around more now yeah. and you can't just like ping, 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 line everything up and then scorch. You, you, it has to. Right. Mm. Right. 
Uh, I'm, wow. I'm very fond of this change. I'm not going to lie. Um, I am very excited. Initiative is a keyword, or yeah. something to that effect will be found. I, I would think that. No, we're trying it on two units. It's if it doesn't work, we might change it. But we think it has potential. We think it's a very interesting idea, and we are able to implement it fairly easily with the tools that we have. So we decided to try it out in the next balance update coming. I think April second. Okay. And um, okay. chat, wow. if you think we are reacting way too much and if you are overexcited, this is something we haven't heard before. It's not we one of no the links that this. Jason shared with us. Yeah. We are hearing yeah. this for the first time. And I have to write on this leak wave uh, how many cards will be affected by initiative. Only two. Geralt only only two. For now. I mean, we don't want to plaster it all over the game when we're just trying it out. That's that's that, that's very exciting. I have, I have to say, and I love the fact that you took um, feedback from a, a pro player like, like Legion, and then turned it into an actual feature. It's yeah. it's always lovely to see. So so we do we do listen and, and see. I could even quote where I believe I heard it from. I I don't know if anyone said it before him or if I got the wrong person. But we, we we do listen. Uh, it's just not as always simple as people make it out to seem when they're balancing and talking. Really, you can't just click your fingers and go, "Oh, excellent! Let's implement all these changes tomorrow." There's a lot more work behind the scenes, right? The implementing them, it's sometimes what you think is a good idea when you've been balancing this game for as long as some of the people on our team have been doing it for years. It's not as simple as people think. It's reasonable. Uh, well, it's reasonable. I mean, in terms of complexity, in terms of what the knock-on effects are going to be. What it actually means for the men. Wow, that's. Uh, I mean, we'll we'll go back quickly to the Novigrad expansion because it was the first time. Something that I loved about that expansion was that you implemented dual faction cards. I am a big fan of this idea. Where yeah. did the idea come from, and are we going to see more? Because I I like some of the interactions and how they work. How how is that going to look going forward? So. Um... Where that came from was was for me. Uh, I had worked on other card games in the past that were online, yes. uh, and we had released new factions uh, as a whole center of an expansion before. And what I noticed from the community and, and both for me personally was that it really sucked for anyone that didn't care about the new faction because nothing had changed, right? You didn't add any new new cards, and and I think that was back in the day where card games weren't retouching existing cards. Yeah. I think there's still some that do that very little uh, compared to what we do now. So I knew that we needed to offer cards for the existing factions, and this was something that almost didn't make it in. Like, we finished implementation of dual faction cards at the finish line. Like, it was not months ahead prepared. Last year was a roller coaster. Uh, the thing is, uh, they were a huge challenge for the design team because they had to start thinking about how those abilities interact in a meaningful way in two factions. And it's quite difficult thing to do in a meaningful way. And it makes it harder to sort of cement faction identities, even though they're, and, and, and those are, those are aspects of a game that actually need to be cemented more, not loosened. Okay. Right now, I feel like our faction identities need building. They need to be stronger and dual faction cards make that a bit more difficult. It's not that they're impossible. To, to do properly, it's not that we won't do them again, but I can say that as of right now, there's no plan to change existing cards into dual faction or to add more in the next. Yeah. Okay, good I tonight. think that a lot of people would see uh, dual faction cards as a crazy idea of sorts. And with that being said, I would like to circle back to 
the topic of beta Gwent because um, I remember you or, or Pavo um, often saying that you have all kinds of crazy ideas for Gwent. And could you give us an example of an idea that you've, um, like the craziest idea you've implemented so far? Or m maybe maybe there were ideas that you had in mind. Super easy, actually. The reward is fucking bananas. I should swear. Uh, it, was, <laughs> it was just bananas. Like, uh, we were a small live ops team on the side. We are about a room of like 15 people, and that was mostly back-end programmers. And we were already remaking the rank system and, and, and doing all those things that came with Homecoming. And I remember going around pitching to the game director at the time and, and other people, let's do this reward book. Let's let people choose what they want. And yeah, we can do it. And they're like, you can't, you'll never pull that off. That's, that's impossible. I'm like, no, it'll be cool. Trust me, we can do it. And uh, well, I mean, you guys have seen it. It's yeah, and uh, it's, it's probably was... one of the most rewarding part of the game that you are not only playing to win, but you are also playing to get a, a um, specific type of resources that you can invest to uh, get new skins, to get more currency, to unlock boards and stuff like that. It's definitely a fun way to interact, yeah, with, with, with your progression. It's, it's more interesting than just crafting cards yeah? uh, all the time. I felt like we were, we were missing sort of this meta game at the time, and I thought that would have been a shame to launch a live game without sort of this meta progression that's not just collecting cards. Uh, if you want to talk about crazy ideas, I'm not leaking it today, but uh, watch out, April 2nd. Crazy idea numbers 7, 8 in your face. <laughs> more, more leaks, guys, more leaks. But were there actually any ideas that you thought were absolutely nuts, but didn't just work out? Or, or maybe, you know, the game director at the time, if it uh, was new, uh, was not happy with it? Something that you guys had in mind and you, you would really like to see in the game, but just didn't work the way you wanted it to? Well, you try to forget that stuff, you know, the stuff that doesn't work. So it's hard to pull out an example. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. I'm just saying that for sanity reasons, uh, well, I, I'm a type of person who throws crazy ideas around on a regular basis. I think the people who work with me know that, that I, I'll come to their office and I'm like, crazy idea, what if, blah, blah, blah. Feel free to tell me if I'm crazy. And, and, and half of that gets shut down. And I'm, I'm a fan of throwing ideas around and creating an environment where you feel comfortable sharing ideas and you also feel comfortable accepting the fact that it might be a bad idea and gets shut down really fast. So it's something that happens so organically, at least I like to think so, at least that's the environment I try to create, uh, that it's hard to think of a specific example, to be honest. You tend to focus on your successes, right? In, in your mind, it's, it, it's a sanity thing. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of successes and things that did work out, I would like to go back to the Novigrad expansion that Lionheart already mentioned. Um, shortly after the launch of said expansion, you announced that many existing bronzes will be reworked to make them fun and rewarding to play. I think at the time you um, aimed them to be comparable with uh, Syndicate and Skellige. I don't think this reference point exists anymore, but with the campaign, campaign being rather successful, like a lot of bronzes that you guys reworked are, are now being played and now... Like sort of a like staple of, of, of the bronze core for many factions. Can you tell us um, how did you tackle this problem and um, if we can actually count on, on the campaign being continued in the near future? Well, I, I, I think it's something of a process that we continue to do. It's just at that time we had a bigger problem that we just don't have anymore. So I don't think we'll ever hit it at the same levels that we were hitting it last year. And that's 
when we launched Homecoming, uh, it was such a different to work with provisions and to balance a game and build a game around provisions. And we didn't have a lot of reference points. Like, it's easy to say, why don't you just do this? But so many other card games play completely differently than our game. And their deck building strategy and thinking is so different. And it's so fundamentally different. And we did such a big change. But honestly, probably when we launched, it should have just been another few months of beta and, and to figure it out. And unfortunately, well, we had launched. That's what we committed to. That's what we did. So my strategy uh, early last year was let's keep updating every month. Let's try to understand where our flaws are, right? The first one we identified was the mulligan one, right? We did that very quickly. That was an easy change to do work-wise, but, you know, you have to identify it. And then let's keep looking for ways that we can improve the game in concrete ways and do it. And I think the bronze change came from the fact that until we did that change, most bronze cards felt like dead weight, like just things that you want to mulligan away. And it made the whole balance of hands really bad. I think if we do things similar right now, it'll be to help build the uh, faction identity, which I don't think we're 100% strong at. I don't think the factions feel 100% distinct as as I would like. Um, but I think as we add more cards, we'll be able to expand archetypes, expand... Uh, like. People want a wild hunt archetype, for example. Yeah, you can't do that with six cards. Mm-hmm. You just can't. Like, no. it's not an archetype. It just can't be. But if we add, let's say, wild hunt in an expansion, uh, then maybe you can uh, explore. Guys, <laughs> <laughs> is this uh, a leak? Yeah. No, no. We all saw the wink. Oh dear. Oh boy. Jason yeah. isn't isolated like the rest of us. <laughs> Everyone can see. You're all pleased. He's the one you can see. I think I think Busha should be worried. He's no longer the master leaker. <laughs> one day, maybe one day. Um, question, I hope. Yeah, yeah. Um, though I asked this question specifically because every single month, um other than new content and or balance changes i'm always looking at the list of reworked bronzes and just hoping there's like more and more Nilfgaard cards that are reworked and quite often i'm like uh, not yet maybe next time guys maybe next time but you were talking a lot about the um faction identity and i think if there is one card type that really uh, plays into that then these are the scenarios and ever since the uh, merchants of fear expansion everyone has been talking about the scenarios uh, so yeah. what I wanted to ask is, how did you get the idea for this new card type? And um, how do you see their place in the future? And, uh, you know, to, to kind of write the, the leak wave, are there any plans to increase their number in the game? So a, a scenario is, is more of a chicken than an egg. Uh, I don't know if that analogy makes sense. <laughs> uh, what, what actually, the, the, the birth of scenarios came from uh, the design team thinking there's not enough good high provision cards that are faction specific so the goal number one was to create very high provision faction specific cards goal number two was to create cards that help synergize existing bronzes and, 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 and put it into, uh, solidifying archetypes that were a bit weak yeah? and uh, goal number three i think i can't i can't speak 100 percent for them but i believe was they wanted to play more with so when they, 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 they came to me and said, all right, we have the design ready for, for, for Moo, um, they had these cards perfection, 
that were like tooltips very mathematically written yeah they were not called scenarios at the time they didn't even consider it was like set a timer to one when you play a bandit you increase timer by one when timer reaches one uh spawn this when timer reaches two spawn that when deploy spawn this and i'm like and then i noticed that they did it for every faction and i said i wonder if we could you know uh, not only package the tooltips in a more readable way, but add some flavor. Yeah, I'm a big fan of flavor. And if you look at like the Siege card, for example, it's artwork. Scenario. You're actually doing a Siege. Why don't we just, you know, fully embrace that? And that was really cool. So that's an example of a very, uh, oh, that's the creation of scenarios. They were, they were not planned in the shape that you guys know them. They just kind of organically happen. Uh, I do know for a fact that the next expansion will not add more scenarios. We don't want to make it something that we add every expansion. We felt like it was something that was very unique to Moo, and maybe in the future we'll revisit it. Like, you know, future, not near future. Uh, revisit it, maybe add some more, maybe play with it more, maybe rework card. Uh, I think I'm always bothering to make Crimson Curse a scenario or something cool. I feel like Crimson Curse could be even, even cooler, but they keep saying Jason crazy. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I'm, conf I'm I'm okay with people calling me crazy and, and wrong. Um, yeah, so right now there, there's nothing coming down, but there's something that might make you think of scenarios that's even cooler that's coming in the next uh, Can you say something more, or is it like a top <laughs> secret that we cannot leak on this podcast? I would love to talk about everything that's coming, but I can't. Okay, yeah. that's, that's understandable. Um, for the sake of it, and to avoid being eaten alive by the chat, uh, we have to ask about uh, the overall balance of scenarios and the bomb heaver. Like, people people kept asking me to, to just ask Jason about the heaver, ask Jason about the scenarios. So just for the sake of it, it doesn't have to be a very long answer. Um, are you guys going to do anything about that? Uh, are you guys okay with uh, uh, how things are right now? Just Just to... You know, get it off the list. Right now, there's no no, no plan to change it at all. We, we, we don't necessarily 100% agree. We understand the arguments people are making, and it's not that there's an error in their logic. We just don't feel like it's as big of a problem as some people say. Uh, there's a history of things coming in as the biggest problem right now and going away. Uh, I think my favorite story is is Camby in the beta. Do you remember Camby when when Camby would die, he would destroy yeah, everything. Oh, oh yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, yeah. And Spawn Heimdall. That was such a cool card. I was playing that before it was cool to play Camby, and and no one was playing that card for months and months and months, and it was never a problem. Someone figured out how to make Camby, made a video about it. Everyone was playing it, and it became the most toxic card. And in that case, we had to change it. Uh, it really depends. How much of an issue it really is i think for example uh, in the deck list for the masters which we had a chance to look at no one brought bomb heaver except one player so even in the masters the top eight players for that tournament most of them didn't think it was even a necessary card to put in there it's it's something we'll keep an eye out and if it ever becomes like a systemic problem that really affects a significant number of matches and significantly affects Win rate, and to me, significantly, we can be like 55, 60% win rate. Uh, then, then maybe we'll do something. But right now, we feel like it's a bit of an emotional response to how it feels for when that happens than a systemic one. That, like, every match you see a bomb heaver and your scenario is done, and bomb heaver is like the biggest problem in the universe. So, right now, we're not touching it. 
Yeah, I brought it up even even though I was not really supposed to because um, quite often you will see uh, people discussing balance on a card-to-card -card basis. But in practice, what we often see is uh, different playstyles having the edge over one another and, and taking turns when it comes to their vi uh, viability and popularity. So yeah. um, the question I want to ask is, how do you view the balance between you know engines, control, and point slam-oriented decks, at least at the moment? I mean, it, it, it all comes down to, to the players. We, we, we have limited control of that. Like, what we can do is if we notice something is a systemic problem that's affecting a large amount of players and, and it's happening all the time, we might nerf it, even maybe aggressively so, just to take it out for a while, let people cool down. But again, coming to the bomb heaver, like, uh, in, in end of December, early January, Radea and Matahari, they were the, the worst cards in the world. They were so OP. Everyone was putting them in every deck. They needed to be changed. We did change one of them, but the other one not really. And has it been such a problem in recent weeks? I don't know. You guys are maybe no better than me. No, I, I don't think it's it's a problem at all right now. Yeah, they've come down a lot more. Yeah, another good example is, is obviously uh yeah, Wild Boar of the Sea. Like people people were went completely crazy about the card when you when you guys reworked it. Yeah. Everyone thought that Skellige is gonna dominate the meta for, for months to come. Eh. You know, after a couple of weeks, people started to figure out how to play around it, how to effectively counter it, and and I don't yeah. think that right now it's even seen as tier one or like top tier two. It's somewhere there, but it's not seen as one of the the, the like better decks to play. Yeah, it's not so much an issue as it was originally. It's really hard to make the judgment call on: is it a legitimate reaction? Is it something that actually needs to be changed, or is it more of a um... I don't want to use hate flavor of the month, but I don't know how else to describe it. There's, there's just, it's very easy to cling on to one thing being a problem when in reality, I feel from, from years of watching metas that some of this stuff just comes and goes and there's really nothing we need to do. Yeah. So I, I, right now we still feel like Bond Heaver's a bit in that category. Mm. Maybe um, we're wrong. And if we're wrong, we'll eventually change it. But for now, we, we, we don't feel it. Uh, to follow up on the on the idea of hate flavor of the month, I have to ask bribery. <laughs> <laughs> Every single patch, people are complaining about bribery not being I mean, worked. Think of how many great dandelion shows would be missing a key clip if there was no no exactly. bribery. Yeah. Ah, oh, there you go. <laughs> uh, but to be honest, there is one change we've considered doing from bribery, but we've never. Mm pulled the trigger on it yet though we may one day and that's right now bribery doesn't take duplicate bronzes into its calculation so if you have two bronzes in your pick three it can't show up twice which means a gold are actually really high if you'll notice you'll never get the same bronze twice in a bribery ever so that actually because bronzes are doubles and they take up a good chunk of your deck it actually leans bribery a higher chance to give you a gold card We've been considering, just to change the odds a bit, potentially. We're not doing this one. I, I like it. <laughs> they're twice if they're twice in your deck. Hmm. Uh, that would change the odds of bribery and maybe bring it more in line. We just don't see it having such a dominating win rate, to be honest. I think it's just one of those cards that when it goes right, mm. it feels bad. Ah! Oh, yeah. Definitely. It got just one. Yeah. Three times in a row. <laughs> would that change be something you do with all create then just bribery i'm just thinking like vigo or is I that something you is bribery is the only one that's based off your deck 
I think Vigo does the same thing, actually. Yeah, Vigo yeah. doesn't allow the bronze. Yeah, you'll never see the same bronze twice. No. In your Vigo choice. Yeah. Mm. I think that one should stay as is. I think. Yeah, I've got. Yeah, that's what I'm just wondering. Right. So and and so that changes also. Main there's a disconnect between Vigo and bribery, right? Mm. Something to consider. I'm giving you problems now. Sorry. Actually, Artorius Vigo um kind of cycles me back to the question about the um that we wanted to ask but eventually didn't about um features that you implement in the game and then players took to a completely new level. When you designed Artorius Vigo, did you um had in, did you have in mind that people will use it to just thin their deck? Of course. Why not? Because I've we, always we, had this idea. It's, a, it's like, like unintended. They were doing that in like intentionally before it was ever released, like for fun. They thought it was cool. I d I don't disagree. Okay. You're talking like Vigo to the Imperial Brigade. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that or, was, or the Doggos now. For sure. All right. Cool. Um, you've been talking a lot about um designing things on an expansion level. And I see Thea really, really being eager to ask questions about expansions. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Anyway, Jason, uh, ever since the launch of Homecoming, you started releasing new content through large scale expansions. What we want to know is how far in advance you plan them and whether you can shed some light on how the expansion design process looks like. So when I when I took over uh, Crimson Curse and Merchants uh, and and sorry Novigrad, <laughs> Freudian slip, uh, they were they were playing in my head already. Like I knew I wanted to. So when I took over the Crimson Curse was called Blood and Wine, but all the cards were already at least yeah. illustrated. Uh, so the curse package is something I did to just make it stand out from the Witcher 3 expansion. Yeah, I thought that was weird to have two games have the exact same expansion name from the same company. Uh, and I thought we could do a bit better, so that's where we lean into Detlaf and we, and, you know, I added in the Crimson Curse card, for example. I think we added in two or three cards that weren't planned. Uh, and uh, the second expansion was Redania. Uh, I didn't want to do Redania. I thought it was going to be hard to move forward as another Northern Realms faction without its own faction, especially in the long run. I thought it lacked a bit of flavor, and I thought we could do something cooler. And it, and it occurred to me, Novigrad's cool city, Witcher Three, it was fun. And you know, maybe I was watching too many John Wick movies or something at the time. Crazy <laughs> <laughs> organized crime cartel where they're not really one cartel, but they cooperate and, and follow these rules, and, I, and, and um, that was really fun. Uh, so just give me a, I can, I can give you a timeline, yeah? I can say that mm. it takes anywhere from a month to two months to prepare the art briefs for a new expansion, to say what we want. Like, we spend a lot of time. Designers will go, I want more dwarves. Then we have to think, how the hell are dwarves going to fit in this expansion? Well, uh, Battle of Brenna, there you go. Let's let's put Battle of Brenna from Scoia'tael. Uh, then we start writing briefs, and we go... Wouldn't it be cool if these three cards were together and um, and doing that? Then it takes months to illustrate them all. Months, mm -hmm. yeah, I bet. Additional months on a tail end of that uh, to premify them. So that's why last year a lot of the times the premiums were delayed. The illustrations were done sometimes only uh, three weeks to a month before the expansion launched, and there's just no way to wow. catch up with premiums. Uh, in that time period, it, it, it really is a monumental effort to make those premiums. Even though they might seem like they have glitches now and then, the team works really hard. 
and puts a lot of passion and love into it. Even if, uh, it doesn't always give the perfect result in every card. Uh, and then I spend an enormous amount of time preparing marketing materials, uh, thinking about the theme, how we sell it, what's uh, what's what's the core of the package, why should players care about it? So, you know, I, I loved writing the Iron Judgment trailer. It's my favorite trailer. Actually. Oh, it was great. I, I actually remember showing that on on the podcast because incidentally we yes. had we had uh, Buja on the show right before that, and it actually kind of links to what you just said about. You know, uh, the whole process taking a lot of time because I remember, and th this was a massive leak at the time because we were talking to Pablo about Iron Iron Judgment, and he was like, "Oh, I'm already reviewing cards for the next expansion." Like Iron Judgment is old news. Yeah. So for 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 reference, like we have the briefs for the next expansion done, and even though you guys haven't heard anything, we're already trying to close. We have to start the briefs for the one after that. Like we know high level generally what we want, but we have to go and, and plan card for every card. It's it's a very difficult process because the art team has to sign off and be okay with it and understand it. Designers, marketing, everything has to come together. I think it's one of the things that eats up most of my time, actually. Mm, wow. Making sure all that comes together. That's, that's just insane. All the work that builds up to the final product. Uh, it really does pay off. And I'm glad people can now see what goes into this process. I, I think we're going even further and trying to package all this in a really cool way for the next expansion as well. So I, I can't wait to start sharing that stuff with you guys, but it's not today. Oh my. We were also, yeah, that would have been amazing. Yeah, there's there other leaks coming later uh, about the next update that is, I think the guys when I told them about it kind of went, Wah! I didn't see their faces, but if I had to guess, their faces. <laughs> I can promise you there were a few RAS. Uh, yeah, we were buzzing oh, yeah. for a little while. You completely hijacked our prep call with that information, and we did no work for about two hours afterwards. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, Oh, wow. Yeah, I actually saw multiple questions about a Battle of Brenna and Dwarves. Jason, can we. You, you, you told me some things about things that might be happening in the near future with regarding to that specific Elder Race. So I don't. I, I think I'd rather talk about that in the end. When we okay, we're gonna talk about that later. Mm. Sounds good. Next Sounds good. question. Okay, so I mean, um, we've heard from uh, you and Powell that we're gonna have a number of expansions this year, and mm. obviously we've we saw that the way they've been launched has been different. So Moo was launched very differently. Um, yeah, it was, very so we had quite a, yeah surprise launch there. Are we, are we are we going to see more? Content reveals from Gwent Partners, or in the for the new expansion, or are you going to continue with that? How do you see Gwent Partners going forward? How do you see that program working? Well, I'm going to focus on the first half, and then I'll get to your second half of your question. No problem. Sounds good. Uh, surprise expansion was was one of my guys. Wouldn't it be crazy if we just dropped it? Like no pre build up. Let's just see what happens. And then people didn't fight me on it, so we did it. And that's cool. Uh, <laughs> I like that. That's how it goes. I, 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 but I don't think we're going to do that again. At least there's no plans to do that again. There will be a proper build-up to the next expansion. It'll probably be a lengthy one. It, it'll be a combination of content creators and us preparing our own material for, let's say, the core of the expansion. That's so exciting. There will be, let's say, a percentage of cards that really represent each faction's core and then a bunch of other cards that also fit in but aren't that, that easily build up on top of it. So we'll do like a reveal of this faction probably and then 
let the content creators reveal the rest uh, as we go. So there, we, we definitely want to do that. When it comes to the partners program, uh, when we originally created it, the number one thing we wanted was to uh, engage with you guys to PTR uh, with our core content, our, our expansions. But actually, what was really sad to happen is uh, some of the people in these PTRs in this partners program were leaking uh, our. And with Moo, for example, we decided to not use them for PTR again, mostly because we weren't getting that much valuable feedback from the partners. I mean, you were getting your general emotional stuff, but a lot of the stuff they were pointing out were bugs that we were already finding ourselves or problems that we were already finding ourselves. Mm -hmm. So the value that that was giving us versus the loss of value from all this stuff leaking was not uh, measuring up. So that's probably something that we won't do again. That being said, um, we're trying to grow our, 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 our communications team right now, and we have someone new coming soon. I can wait to announce that person, a wonderful guy. And uh, I think we're going to be thinking a lot what we want to do with the partners program moving forward. Uh, I think we want to do more things than we have in the past, especially with the loss of that major use of it. So we're, we're really aware and we're kind of disappointed at how the partners program is structured. We don't think it's very great for you guys and you guys have given us that feedback and we agree the biggest problem is our lack of manpower internally to do something more meaningful and so first we have to get some reinforcements for Buja and Mateusz and, and then maybe we can start doing more oh we are available just yeah, you know, if, if ever you need a hand I'm stuck at home just drop me a message Powell you know oh, feel free. talk about Gwent and Oh, well, we will swiftly move on from me desperately plugging myself. Um, during the, the last roadmap stream, I remember it was announced that we're going to get a rework of Gwent's Arena mode. That really excites me as an idea. Yeah. Has, have we had some, has work begun on that already? Do you already have a, like, an idea, a vision of how you want that to go? Or, you know, uh, do you want hey, me to help? Or? This is, there's, there's a huge vision on, on what we want to do, but we're not fully kicked off into it. In fact, it's something that I'd like us to kick off onto it uh, in the next few months. Uh, but I, I, I want to spend as much time as it takes to do it right. Yeah. I sometimes we rush things out too much. And uh, for example, there was a big feature we wanted to release last year, and it was almost killing us to put it into our schedule. We completely delayed it. And in the last few months, we've been bringing it back. And in uh, April 2nd, you're going to see something quite special that I hope really excites you guys. And be, uh, holy shit, this is cool. Uh, maybe hopefully it's <laughs> cool. Um, wow. And uh, talking about the schedule as a whole, we're, 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 we were very vague. Maybe we didn't give people what they wanted there just because the second I say this will happen then, I feel like we've publicly committed to doing something. And yes. like to keep doors open so that our team can reprioritize, move around, react to what's going on both in the market and from you guys. Uh, and it's really hard to do, and we've committed to something like that. Uh, yeah. But I feel like we're too silent right now, and there's, there's, there's a big problem with what you guys expect in terms of expansions. Uh, so here we go, roadmap update. You guys ready? Everyone listening? Um, there will be two expansions this year. Two. One... Uh, in the summer and one in the winter. That's it. We're going to spend more time on them. We're going to polish them as hell. We're going to have time to prepare proper marketing material. 
We have no idea how much we scrambled to get moved out when we did. But it was a goal. I can We did it, but we want to do it uh, more methodically. We really want the expansion to, to come together and have time to properly iterate on it and make sure all the things come together really nicely. Um, arena rework is something that we still want to do. We have something awesome coming as well. And we're thinking two expansions for four. What's going down? Are they are they downsizing or is, is, are they falling apart? No. Mm -hmm. By switching to two expansions, it allows us to do other things that we started working on. Uh, again, coming back to the statement of not wanting to say too much publicly because I don't want to set expectations wrongly, yes. and I yeah. don't want to commit to us publicly exactly when it's going. There is something else that we'd like to try and get out later this year. That is quite special. It's something that we haven't done before. Uh, we're really excited to work on it. It's one of those other wouldn't it be conversations. Uh, and, and so, even though we're going to expansions, there's, there's there's really cool bigger stuff coming there. Uh, and 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 to be fair, even though it's summer winter, uh, there's something kind of gameplay wise that should shake things up quite a bit coming soon. We'll talk about it in the stream. And there's something else that we're considering doing uh, in the second half. So let's say, uh, I don't know when right now, I don't want to commit, but let's say somewhere around September uh, between the two expansions, where we might re-release the leader cards as cards into the baseline. That's something we're considering. Uh, so I wouldn't consider that an expansion, but it is definitely something that makes a lot of sense considering we have the art uh, and would love to do. But it, it won't come out until late next year, if we do it all. I'm not publicly committing to it, but it is something that we're considering doing this year. Wow. I, I see the chat is slowly getting desperate because two expansions, only two expansions, Gwen is closing down, guys. So I think <laughs> that, um, I think that before everyone leaves, I think it's the right time to show proper leaks. All the stuff that Jason was talking about, minor things, minor things. Jason, can we? Yeah. Uh, we're, can we're, we show the proper stuff? Leaks. Okay, guys, leaks Any are coming. Arise, okay. We have six oh. new leader abilities. Ah, oh, go ahead. You so you, you ah, I had yeah. to <laughs> say your part. I have no idea what you had to say. No, it's cool. It's cool. We, we, we decided to add six new leader abilities. And we are ready to reveal them today. So let's pick a faction. You, 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 you know, host's choice. Uh, Skellige is on the screen right now. I'm stealing Skellige without question. No, no uh, situation Skellige, here. Uh, we have Blaze of Glory. Order, move a Skellige unit from your deck to your graveyard and damage the unit by its power. Uh, these will be the suggestions to the players. Uh, I believe you guys had one. Day, like, why isn't it there? It was uh, Jutta, yeah? yeah? Jutta's already a recommendation for another leader, so we didn't want to put her twice. Mm. Uh, so oh, gold. that makes sense. But Jutta makes a lot of sense on this deck. Oh, right? so you, you, yes. I, I played yes. Jutta in this deck. Uh, fun fact, this was uh, being tested as a different ability at first, which was whenever a unit is played on either side, damage it by one. Oh. Interesting. It was that's insane. It, that's... With Artenis or Artis, and then uh, the, the bow we said earlier, oh my god, uh, the Ravager? No, the demon, the ship. The ship. The damage is one of the things. The boat. Yeah. Cool. Everything that the opponent was playing and your stuff was barely surviving. It, it was, it was too much. It was too crazy. Uh, this will play nicely with things that we want to do in the future as well, and we think it's a fun new little ability. Uh, I don't have the provisions off the top of my head. 
Yeah, we, we don't have provisions yet. At least they were not included in the promo materials that we are showing today. I think I can I can pull them up. Give me, give me, give me a second. You guys want them? Yeah, sure. Uh, I think we might. That'll be okay. We yeah, I think that's, 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 that's a nice leak, yeah. Alright, where, where, where are the patch notes? And while Jason is looking for... Uh, well, patch notes? Wait, what? <laughs> While Jason is looking, I would like to calm everyone uh, a little bit. Uh, yes, we have uh, leader abilities for all factions, so they are going to be shown on stream. No worries, they're coming. Fifteen provisions. Fifteen, provisions. 15 for blazing glory. Okay. Yeah. Next, what we got? Uh, we have Syndicate. Ah, Syndicate. I like this one. Ah. Hidden cash. Order. Gain three coins. On round start, refresh this ability. Your hordes require three less coins to trigger. Wow. Mind blown. That's going to be insane. Uh, I can't wait. The tooltips of your cards will actually change. So Horde 5 will become Horde 2. In your, in your oh, card. oh, that's yeah, very that's new nice. player friendly. Yeah, the guys, the guys are super proud of having found time to... <laughs> So that's pretty cool. One thing you'll notice is when we're doing leader ability icons, I'm trying to make them less focus on what the cards are doing. Mm. I find that sometimes maybe it's just me that I have. Which one is this? Is this pincer maneuver or that? Because it's not. I have to stare at it. I have to actually analyze the shape too long to know what a leader ability is, and I want it to be a bit more intuitive. Uh, so we might actually be tweaking some of the existing leader ability icons when we go forward. So. Hidden cash, okay. you know, I think the original draft was a coin with a plus, but I'm like, that's another coin, leader ability. Let's mm -hmm. make things so they, they stand out a bit more. I'm using my hands. Uh, <laughs> so let's move on, I think. Yeah. Uh, and how many provisions? Out. How many provisions yeah. for hidden cash? How many provisions is this ah, leader ability going to give us? Apologies, hidden cash, hidden cash. It is 15 as well. Okay, 15 wow. provisions, guys. And That's now, so now strong. we are gonna make everyone quit the game because no, Nuka is already one. getting enough hate, and oh, this ability go. is gonna bring it to a completely new level. So oh. here it is, guys: the Nilfgaard leader ability. Boom. Jason, I'm gonna take you. I'm, I'm gonna let you take the heat. <laughs> this is gonna be fun. Order, lock an enemy unit, then spawn its base copy in the opposite row and boost it by two. <laughs> can, can oh I just say I recall um, Jason saying that the purpose of this is purposely to make people not like it <laughs> Novigrad, no no not Novigrad um, this no, one's no. 13 provisions I'm so at a loss for words <laughs> Sorry. This, one, this one's a 13 provision so we value its ability quite strongly uh, as, as you could yeah <laughs> yeah people uh, the thing is I think Nilfgaard is the faction that the designers like working on the most. Not because it's the most, uh, their favorite faction to play, but because it is so fun to be the bad guy. And yeah, I get that. Nilfgaard exactly. is so evil. I think it's the one where they came to me with the most crazy leader abilities that sound super funny and cool, but then you think about it and you're like, they're going to hang us if we do this. <laughs> One was, uh, what's, what's the, the card that melee um, go to your opponent's deck at the end uh, of the Batier. 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 Yeah. No, it's bronze. 
Oh, oh Master of Disguise. Oh. Old ma no, oh. old, no, no. Infiltrator. Old, uh, yeah, Infiltrator, the one that jumps into your opponent's deck. Yes, yes. Order, yeah. spawn Infiltrator. Uh, spawn two Infiltrators. Hmm. Every round, decrease your opponent's mulligans by one. Oh, that would have been evil. <laughs> That's illegal. Almost, that almost <laughs> as evil as old Letho. That one, that's gonna end badly. That's, can you imagine the response? <laughs> but oh, you know, God. actually to play as is if you like being the bad guy, it's like I'm gonna screw your molly. Forget yeah. it. <laughs> um, and there are things like that that come out. I think this oh. is a reasonable compromise. It's pretty, it's pretty cool. Uh, and so, 13 provisions for this one. What's next? And uh, next we have uh, we have Scratchell. So, Skoya, Skoya, tell. Mahakam Forge. Mahakam Forge. I wonder which archetype this goes with. Dwarf Forget Love, it's happening. That's a graphic creation type of. Order, spawn and play tempering. All dwarves in your starting deck get one armor. What's fun about this is we're actually reworking our Skoya, tell dwarf cards in many cases or, or buffing them i'm not actually sure if the cards here were grabbed with their new changed abilities Doesn't uh so like don't count on those tooltips 100 i think barclay for example may have changed but don't quote me on that i think it might have actually stayed the same so dwarves we want to focus more on resilience and armor they're the tough guys yeah whereas uh elves are more attacking and dryads will be probably a bit more harmony and that's that's probably how we'll distribute the tribes moving forward. I think, uh, actually, I don't want to talk about dryads too much because the archetype we want to go in there is something we'll be exploring uh, in the future, and, and I'd rather save that for when we, when we get to it. Uh, so we in, in, in the next balance update, not only are we releasing this leader ability, we're either balancing or reworking several of the dwarf cards. I actually have two that I'd like to talk about today. Uh, Pyrotechnician has had his power changed from three to four, will have his power changed from three to four, and will become order, damage randomly enemy unit, and self by four. I, he's got an explosion behind him. If he has armor, it does nothing to him. It just destroys his armor and deals four damage to a random enemy. If he didn't properly cover himself, he's going to get burned to a crisp as well. I, 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 I think people underestimate how much time designers spend thinking about Trying to make the abilities match artwork or match the lore yeah. in whatever funny way. Sometimes they'll change a category and you're like, why did they do that? Lore friendly is the way they, they like to put it. It's kind of a joke. So it's kind of with armor being a bit more prevalent in dwarven cards. Um, so you can expect at least one card to change to give armor in dwarves. Uh, the other one that I'm ready to talk about before the patch notes. I mean, these are closed. I just don't want this to be a section about all our patch notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, yeah, of course. I think the other one I picked out uh, was Yarpin Zigrim, was I believe the one that was boosting himself as long as he's the only unit, yeah. which was like only playable if you went unitless deck, and, and we, we don't really like the way that card was, especially with the direction we want to take dwarves. So Yarpin will have his power change from three to five, will have his provisions increased from eight to nine, deploy damage an enemy unit by three, another damage and boost card. Barricade, <laughs> turn, lose armor, and boost self by that much. All right. Oh, okay. So he's going to be an engine where every time you give him armor, he grows. 
So I think Sultan will change. Uh, uh, generally, there'll be a lot of focus on dwarfs. They're not the only thing we touched in Square. I think there's two or three other non-dwarf cards we balanced in the next update. There'll be the faction that's the most balanced in the, or the most changing. I think second place might be Skellige, where we're still trying to do a few things. Uh, actually, I, I'd like to point out Bear Abomination, the thing that gets spawned. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, I think from four power to five. Okay. Okay. So it, it's or is it five five to six? It's going up by one. Yeah, uh, by one. It's, it's five to six actually. I misspoke there. Five to six. Yeah, it's already five now, so it'll go to six, I think. Yeah, I, I think it's five to six. I, I, I misspoke. Okay. Uh, um, just to clarify, because you said that wars are all about armor and resilience, is resilience leaked by any chance? There will be a new resilience ability on a card. And nice. Here you go, guys. More leaks, more quality leaks from Jason. Uh, what was the um, provision power for Mahak and Forge? Ah, yes. Sorry. Uh, looking 15. Nice. Uh, just okay. just quickly, you mentioned that this was all coming in the next balance update. Do you mean April 2nd? Yeah. Okay. Around the corner, then. Oh, yeah. Not long, guys. Okay, next. You guys get a little treat for Masters Night. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> one, th one thing that Corona did right. <laughs> it, had to, it had to be something. Yeah, it, it gave us all the leaks for ourselves. Let's not go down that road. Yeah, yeah, let's not talk about it. On. Moving on, another we faction, Monsters. Ah, Monsters. I love it, yes. by the way. Uh, overwhelming Hunger. Order, destroy an allied unit, then spawn an Ikimara in its row and boost it by its destroyed unit's power. Charge. So we feel like this is basically old Chiron, so this is based off of uh, beta. I mean, it's not exactly... The old Chiron ability, but the idea that a leader give you three consumes uh, on demand, uh, we felt yeah. like it was missing such a type of leader. And here you go. Overwhelming Hunger uh, should work really well with Vampires. So if you want a Vampire token coming into the board, you have a new way to do that. So it's not necessarily always Blood Scent. It's Blood Scent, yeah. And with the Blood Draw. That's uh, good for Vampires now. Overwhelming Hunger will be pretty good for that. And anything that's really a Death Wish deck now has a new way to guarantee a trigger of their death. I'm so excited to play this. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be putting in a lot of hours into Overwhelming oh, yeah. Hunger. Mm. <laughs> You're gonna... Are you hungry? I'm always hungry, let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, 13. Wow. 13 for that one. 13, oh, wow. right. I mean, that okay. sounds fair. Because yeah. chat is basically losing its mind right now. Yeah. Three charges? <laughs> what are they thinking, man? <laughs> I mean, this is already on Reddit. I, I, I can imagine. Can't wait. One at least. Here we go. Okay, yeah. uh, we have one faction left, and that's NR. That's my favorite one. Can I just say, it's bringing back my old deck, Corvo. <laughs> I think this one's uh, to think it's simple, but I'd like to recall that when we released Meave, it was seen as the most boring leader ability. Do you guys remember that? Or were you guys around in that time? Yeah, yeah sure. I remember. I like remember. It was a terrible leader ability. All the other ones were better, but actually she still was pretty powerful when people figured out how intricate she's to play. So Uprising, 
Uh, it's the peasants in the northern realms going after whoever's conquered them. Uh, I like the pitch for it. It's, it's nice. It's nice. Yeah, nice, nice. touch. Yeah. Uh, boost an ally unit by one. Charge four. Once all charges are used up, spawn and play a Lyrian Scythe. Now, what's really interesting about this ability is you can use it to actually make a stronger Lyrian Scythe, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, you, you, you'll have less booths than, let's say, uh, Royal Inspiration, which is me, I believe. Uh, because over a game, she can boost more, but she can't burst, right? She has, And she can't burst at the beginning or at the end. Whereas we feel that the ability to boost once, four times, anytime you want, and spawn a three-power token that gets boosted by how many units are boosted is actually a pretty cool little finisher type ability that yeah. a boost-type deck in Northern Realms was lacking. And this will be valued at 14 positions. All right. Okay. Never okay, thought How do we even move on from that? We can only go to competitive going, in my opinion. Uh, we'll have to. We'll have to. But can we can we sum it up? What are we getting April 2nd? We are getting uh, six new leader abilities. Yep. Wars are being reworked. Yep. Mm -hmm. Come on. Good chunk of them changing, yeah, or just having. Will uh, with the new leader abilities, will we be getting um, achievements that go in with them for playing them? Uh, unfortunately, we didn't, especially because we're working remotely right now. We didn't have a chance to configure them all yet, and it's too last second to try and do them now. But I believe we plan to add them at the end of April, beginning of. Uh, so we want to do add them for sure. Come Makes sense. Mm. All right. Yeah, moving, uh, moving back to our to our uh, question list. <laughs> we, we all just need to calm down now. Uh, we'll, we'll absorb this after the podcast. Um, so we only have one question that revolves around competitive points. Um, and the coronavirus has pretty much brought the world to a standstill. And as an expected consequence, the Gwent Masters and Open have been postponed. So the question is, if events continue to be delayed in this fashion, would you consider hosting these tournaments online? Um, of course. Um, the biggest problem we have is to finish the tournament platform and spectator, uh, we need people who are currently working on Android. So we've had to make a choice. Do we push the tournament platform and spectator out now and delay Android? Or finish Android and then finish up tournament spectator? A tournament platform is like really advanced. We've run tests, we've run tiny internal tournaments, but we don't want to release it until we've had time to do final polishes in the UI, UX, at least to a level that we think is acceptable on a launch. And Spectator is, uh, especially assuming the world situation remains as it is, something we're going to put maybe a higher priority on in the next few months to try and get out there. It's something that we've wanted to put as part of the tournament platform uh, since, since I took over, I, I, I think in 2018, December, November, when I was talking with the comms guys, I'm like, let's do a tournament platform. I'm like, yeah. And like, we should put Spectator into it. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's like wanting to do something and actually finding the time to finish it is, is really hard. And I think it's easy to underestimate how many small things or how much time we've been focusing on all this other stuff. And uh, it's very hard to see because you guys only see what we release, not what we try to work on or what we're working on now. Uh, you know, there's things that we work on for half a year sometimes. You guys only see it then. 
uh, I think we started working on what's coming. The big thing I'm teasing, but refusing to talk about because I'm, I'm, I'm evil. Er, uh, in April, fucking <laughs> is, uh, is, is something that we've been working on and wanting to do for a long time. Uh, and, and I think this is the year where the base core of the game is starting to feel more and more stable and we're able to flesh out and start doing uh, some of the, I don't want to say unimportant, but maybe secondary things that we needed to do, right? I think first was like get the gameplay at a, at a healthy level, uh, you know, fix the ha the bronzes, get the, um, the UX feeling a bit better, get it ready for mobile, grow our user base, then start adding all these extra features, reworking arena, uh, and, all, and all that stuff. So uh, I think we're in a great position this year to do quite a lot of interesting things. And I look forward to seeing what we managed to pull off. Man, that is a great answer. I am very excited. Sorry. Especially that spectator it's mode. It's well awaited. It's going to yeah. be great. Yeah, guys, it we is, are. I've wanted it so bad. I've wanted to see people host their own tournaments and. And you know, being able to cast them themselves—it sounds like something the game could really use. That would be awesome for Gwen. It's just mm. been hard to prioritize over everything else that we've been doing. But it, the time—it's time is coming. It's been moving in the shadows, just yeah. slow. Yeah, it puts us one step closer to Gwen and Gwen, guys. Yeah. I I, I think that Jason has no idea what that actually is. So, um, Gwen is a county in Wales. It's an actual place. And okay. So, and, yeah, yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah. yeah, and we've been talking about it for for months now. We want to organize a Gwent tournament in Gwent, Wales. Yeah. So, but for, for that, we obviously need the spectator mode and the tournament client. You so whenever we hear news about that, we get super excited. I I I, I want it. Uh, we want it. It's just a, a matter of a bit of patience. It's not going to be tomorrow. It. it it takes a lot of time. Like an example would be like we kind of have spectator working in, in the tournaments in the past, right? But every time we release new stuff, that build that supports spectator gets deprecated. No one's working on it, right? So something that's not maintained. So for example, when we were preparing for the masters uh, very recently, we had to spend days making new builds for that, making sure spectator was debugged and working. And when we're doing those little events ourselves, uh, we're not showing them all the games. We're doing tricks where we're taking player A screen, player B screen, copying it, doing that. When we release the actual spectator client, we need to solve that for the UI UX, make sure that everyone has access to solutions that allow all these steps in the game to work well in spectator. And that just takes time. Uh, unless you want to rush it and have something that's really wonky and then it feels bad, right? Uh, when we are talking about features that people have wanted for a very long time, I, I see a very good question from chat. Uh, Gwen soundtrack. It feels a little bit stale after a year and a half. Uh, are there any plans to introduce more uh, more tunes to the list, or uh, is it not something you guys are actively working on right now? I think we add new tunes for the main menu with every expansion, but in the battles themselves right now, we just don't have a music composer or someone to manage adding in. Uh, the thing is, we can't just take a track off of uh, Spotify or, or iTunes or wherever you get your music or YouTube, just jam it into the game, uh, or even just actually create it. Our tracks are done in layers. Uh, you may not have realized this. Probably you did, but the intensity of the music grows uh, as the 
songs go as the cards come down. Yeah. That's not easy to do. As main menu music is just a track. That's easier for us to, to do. And we don't have uh, the engineer right now to do it. It's something that I'd like to find someone to help us with and find time to dedicate for it. But right now, we're just not in a place where we can easily do that. I think the active active soundtrack was the main reason why um, the beta soundtrack was not re-implemented into the game. At least I remember it, reading about that. That's the only reason it's not there now. Because we can't just plug it in. We have to actually do technical work. Right, okay. Guys, do we have anything else regarding Gwent itself or the competitive scene that we want to discuss right now? Before we move on to, to the personal Q&A. Uh, I have quite a few questions here, I'd, uh, but it's more specific. I don't know if um, Jason wants to go. Uh, to quote Jason from a couple of days ago, don't be shy. You never know <laughs> what the crazy old me will agree to. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I like that quote. Um, well, okay, we have a question here that's asked. Do they plan to rework some of the Northern Realms abilities like Stockpile? It's something that we'll consider uh, that we're keeping an eye on. It's just the other thing that definitely is a factor is we don't want to change too much uh, one update. And that, that line, what's the right level of, of, of change, is really hard, actually, to define. Like, not alienating people because the game has changed too much, mm. but just moving forward towards where you want to. Yeah, especially with yeah all the new people coming into the game, I guess you need to it needs to feel consistent and like what they've learned doesn't just disappear after a couple of weeks, I guess. Well, I mean, to balance and to, to, to move us forward, we have to do that to some degree. It's just about not doing it too much. And like, while Stockpile might not be a great leader ability right now, it's not hurting anyone per se. The thing about like Stockpile, for example, is if we added a few more cards that had great order charge into the game, all of a sudden stockpile is like, whoa, mm. not so bad. So like, Pinto <laughs> Maneuver was considered a trash leader move. Yeah. No, for a while. And um, is that what people called it in recent times? A trash leader ability is in the sense that it's not good? Yeah. Mm. There was a period where it was. Yeah. And we, we didn't rework it. It was more of a question of, you know, the cards and the meta and, and the experimentation made it work. So I think Stockpile might be one of those new abilities that we're hoping that as we add more cards, that we might find some decent charge orders for it to become viable. Um, there, there are a few, like Shawnee, I think, is, is, is not so bad to give charges to. No, she's pretty good to give charges to. All this pride. I made a decent Foltus Pride deck. I wouldn't call it Tier 0, Tier 1, but giving a charge to a crude uh, Foltus Pride feels pretty good, i got to say. I, I can't wait to queue into that for the next week now people have heard you say it. <laughs> I, I don't think it's top tier, but if you build around it properly, Stockpile's not unplayable, unwinnable. Maybe at the very high ranks, pro ranks, people will, will be able to play around it really well. Like Super... Ninth level intellect mathematics, so that it's impossible to defeat it. But in other scenarios, I think it's possible for it to be pretty good. I think the biggest problem with stockpile, for example, is that there's not enough good things to give charges to. Yeah. Or right. to 
And uh, before anyone says that Jason's words do not have the power to make something popular, I would like to remind everyone that the day Jason and Pavel said that uh, Enslave was the leader ability with the highest win rate, everyone started playing it again. Oh, yeah. 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 saying that we're crazy and that we don't know what we're talking about, they don't see it, and then even after... I saw nothing but him for about a week. <laughs> Same. So I, again, this is one of those things where we're looking at numbers that might not make sense to your experience or to the vast majority of experience, but we're not doing things blindly, and, and things don't always seem as straightforward as they are. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. I have a couple uh, more quick questions. Uh, what was the result of the controller poll? The guys yeah. did a couple of. Ah, uh, we're we're gonna so, keep it. Uh, I think. Good. Just internally debating it, and I asked for the poll to happen, and I predicted the poll would go in the direction that it did. Uh, I think I've seen a few stories and articles about like disabled people using controller to play Gwent, and the idea of completely dropping controller because it's not popular enough would mean that we have to rip it off of those people just because we want to take a bit less development time to support gamepad. So I don't feel great about that. I think it's actually pretty cool that you can make something that changes or improves someone in such a shitty situation's life. So I, I, I don't think we were ever probably, in, in the back of my mind, yeah, I don't think it was ever going to allow us to completely drop it. Maybe we deprioritize it a bit, so maybe a new feature, new menu, doesn't have perfect gamepad support on day one because time and then we fix it later. That might happen, I hope not, but that might, but I definitely don't want us to drop what we have. It's 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 not cool, and you know, there's even that disabled people side, uh, you know, sub story side. Uh, uh, Jason, shut up. Okay, even that aside, <laughs> well, accessibility was the word you were looking for there. Yeah, I, 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 I was nervous. Out of my hand. There's people that like to play on their couch, and I don't think there's a good reason to take that away from. Yeah, I think that's a good decision. I think yeah. that's a balanced decision. Yeah, that makes sense. and it definitely makes Crowser happy. Yes, <laughs> we're all right with that. Uh, on uh, another quick question. Can you uh, give us a rough number of people who uh, started playing as a result of iOS release? How many new people did the game gain during that period? Roughly. Like, of course, you don't have the exact numbers. I understand. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. A good chunk, a healthy amount, a happy amount. Uh, do you expect um, Android to garner the same sort of boost? Do you think it would be more because more people use Android than iOS worldwide? I think Android will be quite successful. Yeah. Well, so far, guys, so good. I won't lie. I'm loving the Android. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm loving it too. I've been playing for a couple of days now. It feels really good. Check it out. Definitely. Mm. Uh, speaking of Android, a couple of days ago somebody tweeted uh, a screenshot from his uh, from his match and it showed old leader art being back in the game. I know that it's a visual bag, but somebody asked, it, is Art there... Big news, yeah? Quote, quote. Hmm? Yeah. Uh, a famous leader of fake news. Yeah. yeah. Fake news. It's, it's fake news, okay. but a uh, quick question. Are there any plans to reintroduce the old uh, leader art in any capacity? I, I mentioned that earlier, didn't I? Did you? That in the second half of next year, we're considering releasing them to the base set with their own abilities. I did mention it earlier. Maybe I was not clear. 
Yeah, maybe you cut out. I don't know, or maybe I wasn't I so, paying too. enough attention with with all that. You know, there's so many leaks. We can't hold them all together. The no, there's too much excitement going now. That's they're saying. Yeah, you did. Yeah, here. you go. You see, chat's got our back for once. <laughs> Thanks, chat. Uh, for once. Someone in chat heard it, so yeah, for or once. they're just calling us right now. Excellent. Um, I've got a quick, someone asked uh, earlier about initiative and that's going in. Uh, so the, the way it'll function is if you've played, if you've used an ability on the board, say I've used an order skill to try and line it up, initiative yeah. will change that. Will a tutor yeah. card work the same way? So if I play Royal Decree to get my Igni, am I only going to get the, the lower version of that then? I don't know. I'm just giving you a headache. That's a great question. I would assume that it would not count as initiative because I think initiative has to be the very first action. Okay. I have not tested it. I cannot say that for certain. But knowing how our, our, our logic usually works, I have a feeling it'll count Royal Decree as your first action, and therefore initiative won't run. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. When are we releasing data? Uh, someone just asked. Again, the biggest problem is that our community team, the guys who prepare this stuff for you guys, is essentially overwhelmed with things right now. Uh, but... We do have someone joining that team uh, next month. And uh, the thing, the two things we'll ask him to focus on is trying to help prepare that data in a meaningful way and uh, to work on the, improving the Gwent Partners program as well. Um, no guarantees, but I think, I think those are the next two things. As soon as we get a bit, uh, a bit of help for the guys who are really working amazingly hard for you guys, uh, it's just there's so much to do in a game like this. Uh, then we, we, we basically just need to grow a little bit in our communications department to do a better. Okay, that, that's exciting. Pretty good to uh, pretty good to hear that those things are being focused on. And we, we know how hard you guys work. It is nice to see that there's some support there. And we know that nothing comes overnight. Um, it's one of those things that takes work, right? I mean, getting uh, stats is something I wanted to do since, I think, December, January, where, again, I went to the guys like, this might be crazy. Maybe we just publish all our leader faction win rate data for last year. Just okay. put it all out there. And I don't know what we'll end up actually giving. But I, I, I think we should share more data, for sure. Um, speaking of more data and being more transparent, um, Caesar asks if there's any chance for patch notes one or two days before the actual patch. Uh... I think we tried to do it a day before. We try, but to have them, they're they're local, they're they're translated, right? So uh, usually it's a problem where they're coming together. We're finding problems at the last second. The reason that, that meteorite powder rework and uh, the reward book message was not checked by Mujas because everything came together so last second in terms of patch notes and getting it translated that we missed it. Uh, like for example, the next update I told you I was looking at the patch notes for the next column, yeah? but it's not ready. To it's like the designers put their changes in there, and then it's not formatted. Doesn't have the designer notes in it yet. Like we actually spend a fair amount of time on our patch notes. It's not a it's not a five minute process. Really, it might look like it, but it's not. So <laughs> I think the guys want to try and do it a day before. As a standard, and if we okay. don't, don't be mad at them. They're trying. Fair, okay. Mm. I've got I've got one question that isn't from chat, but I'm, I'm curious, and we may or may not have heard already. But uh, there are cards that do look like certain content creators. Mm. Do they 
intentionally resemble them or is it a coincidence if they do resemble them who am i bribing uh who are you bribing <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you think you're a bribe card uh no uh, uh i think we no i think we 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 sign uh rights to use someone's likeness whenever we put them on a card intentionally uh i that you know subconscious might make you think of some features that slightly resemble someone else that you didn't mean to uh but we don't go around putting uh especially external you know why you know why that's that's, that's like a, a myth because the key inside the development team to get their faces on cards is a mile long <laughs> right okay we're gonna so that sounds fair are grabbing random people out there uh, damn we, we we do have a waiting list in fact uh we, we last year we had a few in in, in studio the whole company uh, tournaments where the winner got to put their face on the card. No way! That sounds yeah. fantastic. Then the artists were like, "Stop making me draw random strangers!" Then they're going to judge me for not drawing them nicely. And so we stopped doing that. Oh, fair so enough. Bebo I have to is ask. actually not Bebo. No. Yeah, because um, I'm not sure if you're aware, but um, some people say, me included, that uh, Philippa Morham really resembles Bebo. And I know for a fact that a lot of people are calling this card Bebo now. Well, the... Sheer coincidence? It coincidence, yeah. Maybe an artist who, who drew him should be written under who loves Bebo and subconsciously drew him. But I, think... <laughs> <laughs> I would be really... The okay, guys, we have like 15, 15 minutes, so I think it's a good moment to move to the more personal Q&A section. Yeah, let's start off with the first question. Um, Jason, you've been the game director for a while now. Can you tell us how it's like to work for CPR and what a day in the life of Jason Slama looks like? Uh, sure. Uh, it's been a roller coaster. So I've, I've, I've done a lot of things that I never thought I'd do in the last uh, six years. I've been here for six years, I believe, this June. Uh, I'm the kind of guy who always looks for new challenges, new things to do. And I, I, I got to say, this job does not disappoint if that's what you're interested in. I go from writing stories to designing expansions to writing trailers to reviewing designs to thinking of UX to managing a huge team of people. And if you don't think managing 100 people, is time consuming. Uh, yes. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Yes, believe me. Yeah. So uh, I think my days can actually vary a lot from day to day. Like what I do on that day, particularly, doesn't necessarily resemble the rest. I think I'm the kind of person who, um, when I'm over busy, I try to find ways to optimize my work or restructure things. And then I get bored. When I get bored, I look for new things to do. And then I try to optimize that, and then I get bored, and I do new things. So I'm 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 constantly jumping around. Uh, I think someone in my team once said, "Jason, the day I see you not over over overwhelmed with the things that you have to do is the day that you're no longer working here." I'm like maybe. <laughs> but I also try to do a good work-life balance, especially because I have two young children. Yeah, three, almost three-year-old, and as of two days ago, one-year-old. So oh. I work more than eight hour eight hours a day or forty hours a week. Maybe I'll work an extra half an hour here or there. Maybe I'll come in on weekends. And some people do work extra hours every now and then, uh, more than I'd like to, but I try to really structure ourselves so that we can have a nice work life balance as best as I can. Because it's very important to me to spend time with my friends. All jokes aside about, you know, being stuck with kids. 
it is important. Uh, um, Lionheart, we don't have the link handy. The no, but there, there was a question. Yes, um, yes. someone asked because um, you mentioned earlier actually, and I did find a video of you. Uh, you did work on another card game before I the Witcher Three. You worked. Tell us more. What? I, be I believe you worked on another card game. Um, was actually, it yeah. two? Oh, I, I know about one. Uh, that's I only know about the Wizards of the Coast. Is it Heroes? Uh, it, 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 it was, and the other one was Assassin's Creed Boot, actually. And you probably never heard of it. Oh, no. okay. Uh, uh, did you take anything from those sort of in, that you couldn't implement there and that you wanted to? With mm -hmm. You do seem like a guy that has some crazy ideas that uh, get noped every now and again. I, I, I wasn't in a position to be the crazy idea guy back then. Ah, okay. I was, I, was, I was the guy making the other people's crazy ideas happen. <laughs> <laughs> that's a nice... That's a nice switcheroo for me uh i'm sure it's a lot more enjoyable that way around well at least for me i'm not sure about those who work for me. <laughs> they're suspiciously quiet in chat they said less crazy uh that's very at least for some but you know that sounds exciting um there was one other question i saw that someone asked um around Sort of seasonal modes. Um, obviously, you guys implement lots of different seasonal modes, and someone asked, "Are we going to ever see classic mode, which would be uh, no provision limits, basically retro Gwent from Witcher Three as a seasonal mode?" Is that something you'd ever consider doing? I think in the back of my mind, I've always wanted to, although it's not planned at all, and probably won't be this year, to just make a multiplayer version of the original Gwent, just as like an event and let people enjoy it for a weekend. I think that would be really cool. However, that's not like a there you go. Enjoy. Bless you. There's, there's a lot to that, yeah. And I'm worried that, that, that might always be too much of a time investment towards what we would gain from it. But it, it, it would be something that's always people. I mean, I, I remember when we were first developing the multiplayer, uh, we quickly made almost a clone, uh, exactly, of Witcher 3 Gwent, and just you could play And it was actually a lot of fun. I mean, obviously... We had to almost immediately balance out spies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you said it. Spies really don't work well in Gwent, especially in their original form. Um, but the rules were most essentially there, and there wasn't that many abilities uh, that weren't there. I think Lesha spotting three wolves and fog was there very early in the beta. Uh, but generally, it was very close to the Witch of the Version, and it was fun. It was broken to shit in many ways, and the fun was classic. <laughs> And the, and, the, and the cracks started to show pretty pretty easily without, you know, spending a year playing it, which is why it's evolved a hundred times since then. Uh, but, you know, as an experience for like a few weeks or as friends, I think it was pretty special. I, I would like people to see it one day, but uh, we'll see. Okay. That's exciting. That is, um, yeah. that would be very interesting to see. I guess if it's... Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe then it'll be justifiable. I have another question. Um, are you aware of the fact that in The Witcher 3 there is a mod that resolves every single combat through Gwent? Through a Gwent match. Yeah, I loved it. I thought it was a cool idea. I wouldn't play Witcher 3 that way because I like Witcher 3. Mm -hmm. I thought that was really funny and cute and cool. Yeah, There's so much that, uh, that happened there. Are you aware that uh, it was all done in Flash, yeah? Mm -hmm. And the character names were really long. Like, 
you know, you know, Emir's full name dances on the grave of his flows, blah blah blah. And all of the leader cards have this long name, and I'm trying to fit in very short amount of time onto the card. So I'm typing in placeholder text that the code will set to the proper card name uh, after. And I wrote, uh, Sir Slama with a convolutedly long last name, ASD. <laughs> and, and that's what was in flash data until the code sent it. And you wouldn't see it. But when we added in new leaders, I think it was either for Blood and Wine or I think it was Blood and uh, I think it was actually Hearts of Stone. Uh, if you didn't have the DLC properly downloaded but you had paid for it, those leaders would by code get added into the game. Okay. And, but the data for what to put was missing, so you ended up with Sir Slama with the convoluted <laughs> one. <laughs> Hi. Oh, we have a guest. We want to see. Okay. Hello. Hello. Welcome. Hello. Hi. I think that's when I, I have to go take care of them. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. All right, guys. I think I'm going to go take care uh, of, of my family. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a wonderful conversation. Uh, thanks. Thank you, Slava. Yeah, thanks for being here. It's been a pleasure. Really, really Thank you, Jason. No, no, don't press buttons. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay guys. I Leaks think that, that is going to be it for today. Uh, thanks everyone for watching. We are going to raid somebody in a moment. Uh, but yeah, once again, guys, if you want to stay in touch also off stream, you can follow us on Twitter at Novigrad Podcast. This episode is going to be uploaded on Spotify, YouTube, and a couple of other platforms in a couple of hours. Once again, thanks for chatting with us and thanks for asking questions. Sorry for the abrupt ending, but yeah, our kids are something you really need to take care of. But once again, guys, have a wonderful Friday. We'll talk to you. Thanks guys, take care. Bye guys.